You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? My name is Ryder. I'm a sophomore, and um, I'm a part of the student leadership team here at HSM, and as part of that commitment, we have our like student leadership nights, and so my night, Christianity 101, which will hopefully answer the question, what is Christianity? And this one's the first one of uh, many. So be looking forward to the next couple months, because um, there's going to be some really amazing events coming up that your student leaders have been working really hard on. But with all that said, welcome to Christianity 101. Um, tonight, we'll be answering the question, what is Christianity. Now, that's a really big question and not really enough time to fully explain it. So I encourage you to talk to your life group after about it. And if you have any questions, I know your life group leader would love to answer those for you. And whether you've heard a little bit about God or your friend just invited you to this night or even you've been a Christian for a while, I hope to give you a few key points, even for those who are already Christians, to use these points maybe to share this with a friend and, and utilize them in that way. But also, if you've never heard a message like this before, it is my prayer that something will click for you tonight and that you'd understand even just one point of what I say. But um, before we start, would you all pray with me? Uh, Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together, God. Um, It's a unique thing that people of of God are able to come together, and you are here with us. And God, I pray that you'd help tonight go well. Help me to speak the things that you want these students to hear. And Jesus, thank you for today. In your name we pray. Amen. Why are you here? It's a perfectly good Wednesday night, but nonetheless, you're sitting in a church building in Pomona, listening to someone speak who's most likely younger than you. That doesn't really make sense to me. Think about all the things you could be doing right now, and yet you're sitting down listening to a 16-year-old talk about God. That seems absurd. Sounds like a waste of time to me. Like, why? Why are you here? Have you, have you asked yourself that? Like, legitimately, why did you come tonight? As dumb as it sounds, there's actually a right answer to that question. There's actually a reason that you're here, and the reason is this. Tonight has the ability, it has the potential to positively impact your life. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm such a great speaker, because I'm not. But I'm saying that because I've seen what God can do if you give him the chance, if you trust him. Now, before you check out, like, oh, he's just talking about another God thing, lame, just try it. Try it for one night. Just be open to what God wants to do in you and for you. Just be open. Because I know a lot of the things I'm going to say tonight you might disagree with. We even think it's, it's outright stupid. But all I'm asking you is to give God a chance. Give him an opportunity to move in your life tonight. Our main points for tonight are creation, the fall, Jesus, and the church. But before we start on those, I wanted to give a brief overview on who God is. Now, God is a, a very intricate being and quite hard to fully encapsulate, but I've broken it down to three fundamental characteristics. God is powerful, God is wise, and God is good. So God is powerful. It's kind of an insane idea, but there's not one thing that happens outside of God's control. This means that there isn't someone, something, or any force that is greater than God. And because God is powerful, we can trust that he's able to use all things to accomplish his ultimate plan for our lives. Psalm 135.6 says, Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. Put simply, God can do whatever he wants. 
and he will do whatever he wants. But his wants may not align with your wants. In other words, things may happen in your life when you think everything is going downhill. You think everything is against you. You think everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. But it's okay. You know why? Because God is powerful. And no matter what it is, he will use that bad to help his ultimate plan come into place. So God is all powerful, but is he qualified to use that power? Is he smart enough to use that power? Well, God is wise. Isaiah 40, 28 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Guys, God sees everything in perfect perspective. He sees everything in his perspective. He's never surprised at anything anything going on, and he's never confused. God is fully competent to be God. God. Competent meaning having the necessary ability, knowledge, or skill to do something successfully. God is good at being God. He's able to see the big picture and see every little part of that big picture and how it leads back to that picture. And because God is wise, we can trust that he knows what to do in all circumstances. So God is powerful. God is wise, but how is God good? He allows evil in this world, right? Well, God defines, defines goodness. As a matter of fact, the definition of good cannot fully be known if God is not a part of that definition. We cannot define goodness apart from God and from the same coin. We cannot judge God based on any standard we come up with. Because evil exists, we are able to see how good God is. We need that contrast. Because God is so good, he gave us free will. And it is that free will that brought evil into the world. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, and for those who are called according to his purpose. You, you've heard the saying, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Well, it's true. We know what goodness looks like, and God is that image of goodness and love as well. It says in 1 John 14, 6, God is love. And later in the same chapter, in verse 19, it says, we love because God first loved us. We know what that picture of love and goodness looks like because God first loved and showed goodness to us. And because God is good and loving, we can trust that he will do what is right. So God is powerful, God is wise, and God is good. And now that we have an overview on who God is and what he wants to do in our life, let's get into the story of Christianity. What is the story of Christianity? Well, let's start in the beginning. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created him and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we see here that, that God created us, the human being, in his own image. He specifically blessed us and actually created us last. A quick Bible history lesson. God created the world in seven days. In the first five days, he created everything else you see in nature. He created plants, animals, the sun, outer space, the moon, stars, the weather, etc. everything. And on the sixth day, he created humans. But then on the seventh day, he rested. That's how the Sabbath was created, if you ever heard that word. And Genesis 1.31 says he took a look at his creation on that seventh day, and he said it was good. So on the first five days, he created nature. Seventh day, he created humans. And the or sixth day, he made humans. On the seventh day, he rested and said it was good. So we see that on that seventh day, after God created everything, everything was good. 
humans at this time were living in the Garden of Eden that God planted, and in this magnificent garden, in this paradise that Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, the first humans, were living in, God created, there was one rule, one rule in this paradise. It was, do not eat the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden. This is the choice that God gives humans. Do not eat the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden. But guess what Adam and Eve did? The fall, Genesis 3, verse 1, says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the women, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Have you guys ever heard that voice before? I mean, Mom said I couldn't have a cookie, but she never said I couldn't have half of a cookie. Like, but this is the first time we see the devil trying to stray people from God's path. He's trying to justify to Eve that it's okay to eat the fruit. He's trying to justify that the sin is actually okay, that sin isn't such a big deal. Does that sound familiar? It's only half of a cookie. Later in Genesis 3, verse 6, the Bible says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And just like that, welcome to sin. Welcome to a broken world. It goes on to say that Adam and Eve's eyes were open. They realized they were naked and they felt ashamed. And eventually as punishment, they were exiled from the Garden of Eden and had to make their own way in the world. And there were other punishments as well for that sin. But the important part of that story is that God made a perfect world. And yet humans destroyed it with sin. And now comes a broken world. After Adam and Eve sinned, the perfect relationship between us and God was tainted. It was contaminated. That relationship was now broken. And from that point on, for thousands of years, God was showing the world that one day he would come back and fix everything. Now, fast forward, Jesus, thousands of years, and Jesus comes. Another quick Bible lesson. Okay, so God, we talk, God who we talked about at the start, exists as one being in three persons. The Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you think it's confusing, you're right. But anyway, God sends his son, so God the Father sends his son, Jesus, down to earth to fix this brokenness. So Jesus comes to earth like 2,027 years ago to mend the relationship between us and God. Quick history lesson. If you ever wonder like what happened 2,022 years ago, like why is the date 2022? Well, it's Jesus being born. It's just some Roman empire sometime messed up and so Jesus was actually born later. Yeah, 2027, whatever. So anyway, Jesus becomes human and lives on earth for 33 years. He does ministry for three of those years uh, the last years, traveling around with 12 disciples doing miracles and stuff like that. And uh, if who, who here likes to watch TV shows? Any TV shows fans? Um, there's this show called The Chosen that goes through the story of Jesus' life. It's on Amazon. They have a free app. Super great. And it goes through Jesus' story. So look it up. Write it down. The Chosen. But anyway, very long story short, Jesus is going around doing miracles, and he dies for our sins. He was crucified for our sins, which was actually the most painful method of death at the time. And through his death, that relationship between us and God is restored. But remember how at the start I said that God can't be defeated? So death can't defeat God. So Jesus doesn't stay dead and he rises to life again, which is Easter. Like pretty cool, National Holiday it coming up in a couple weeks. But main point is we had a broken relationship with God and Jesus restored that broken relationship through his death on the cross. And now we can spend eternity with God in heaven once we die. I want you guys to think about this for a second. Imagine you're a disciple. 
for the past three years of your life, Jesus has been doing miracles, and you follow, you've been following this one guy you believe to be your savior, the Messiah. Guys, the Israelites have been waiting for thousands and thousands of years for Jesus to come, and you got to be one of your, his disciples. That's the best, the past three years of your life have been like the best ever. You've literally been chilling with your God. It cannot get much better than that. But then he dies. And and, and your world is flipped. You're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? But then three days later, Jesus rises back to life again. And your world is, is flipped again. You're like, yes. But now his message is different. He's talking about the church. You're, you're like, what's a church? I know what a, a synagogue is, but Matthew 18, 20, he's saying the church is wherever two or more of his disciples are, but like I see Matthew and John, we're not in a synagogue. Does that mean the church is different? You'd be so confused. The first time the word church is used in the Bible, Matthew 16, 18, says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. As a disciple, you're hearing this, and you're like, whoa, hell can't even stop this church? Like, I'm trying to be a part of that. I mentioned it just now, but Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. God is with his church. The church isn't just about a building. It's not just about, okay, there's worship, and there's a message, and we're going to life groups, and bam, check mark. Now I've done church for the week. It's, it's not about that. Matthew's saying that the church is the community of believers around the world, and you don't need to have a building to access God. Where two or more are gathered, guys, God is here. God is with the network, the community of believers around the world, and we are a part of God's family. We're all a part of one big family. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 through 27 says, If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. A quick shout out to 10th grade boys. They're my brothers, small group, right? Um, If one of us is suffering, we're all going through that with them with him and and praying with him and and vice versa as well. But we are brothers in Christ and because of that, we have that mistakable bond with that. We have that unmistakable bond with each other. And if you're sitting there tonight thinking, man, I wanna be a part of this family. This sounds so cool. It's It's a bunch of people. Some we don't even know, but they're all part of this family. If you're thinking this right now, sitting down, I'd like to give you the opportunity to. You might also be thinking, man, God doesn't want me. I know all the bad and terrible things I've done, but guess what? God does too. He knows about every single one of those things, but he still loves you, and he still wants you to become a part of his family, our family. Would you all close your eyes with me? Guys, it's a huge decision. It's the decision to follow God and join his family, but it means living behind a life of this world. As your eyes are closed, try to reach God, just talk to him. My, my favorite part about Christianity is that God gives us a choice. If we go back to the fall, we can see that God made Adam and Eve a perfect garden to live in, but he gave them a choice. He said, hey, I made you a perfect garden, but if you want to, you could just eat the fruit from this tree. You could continue living a life of sin. He gave them a choice, just like he gives you that choice. God is telling you, he's telling us, hey, I'm here for you. If you want me, if you want my gift of eternal life with me in heaven, you can have it. You just have to choose me. You have to choose that you want to be in God's family forever. But all you have to do is accept that gift. God chose to love us. Will you choose to love him back? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved.
Jesus died for your sins. He died for you. He was specifically thinking about you when he died. He made that sacrifice for you. Do you accept that gift? Everyone's eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around. If you want to accept that gift that Jesus gives you, that gift of eternal life with him in heaven, or maybe you want to recommit to following Jesus, saying, hey, I've known about God's family, but my life recently has not been reflecting that. So whether you want to commit your life for the first time or recommit to following Jesus, would you raise your hand? Raise it high and proud saying, I want to be a part of God's family. I want to be a part of God's church. I want to experience life in heaven with God once I die. If you want those things, would you raise your hand? And those of you with your hands raised, would you pray this prayer with me silently in your heart? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. I confess my sin to you. I need you and I receive your forgiveness. Help me to follow you every day of my life. Amen. Well, HSM tonight was a powerful night. In the nine years that I have been the high school pastor here, Ryder is officially the youngest person who has ever preached. And I'd say he did a pretty good job. What did you guys think? Was that incredible or what? That was absolutely amazing. And, and I know as Ryder was working on all this, he was praying that God's spirit would move in this place. And I know there were, there were many of you who raised your hands and said, man, I, I want to follow Jesus or recommit. And Ryder and I want to encourage you to share why you raised your hand. Or maybe you didn't, but now you wish you did. We want you to share about that in your life group and talk about what God taught you tonight through Ryder. One last time, can we thank Ryder for sharing and getting our night kicked off? That was amazing. Amazing. All right, well, guys, we'll see you back here next Wednesday. I'm going to pray for you real quick, and then we're going to head into life groups. If you're new tonight and you don't have a life group, we have one for you. And so come up to the front. We'll get you in a life group tonight. But we're excited for you to talk about what Ryder preached on. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for using Ryder tonight, Lord. I thank you for this young man that chose to step up, that chose to be bold. I think of, of that moment that Paul said to Timothy, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example. And thank you, God, for the example that Ryder has set for all of us. And, and the God that Ryder talked about tonight is you. And I pray that every single one of us would make a decision tonight to take one more step closer to following you, to leaving behind our sin and to following you as our Lord and Savior. Thank you for what you did tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys, have a great day.